Commonwealth Parliamentary Association UK supports and strengthens parliamentary democracy throughout the Commonwealth. It focuses on key priority themes including women in Parliament, modern slavery, financial oversight, security and trade. Peer-to-peer learning is central to the way CPA UK works, bringing together UK and Commonwealth parliamentarians and officials to share knowledge and learn from each other. For more information, go to www.uk-cpa.org. Good afternoon, my name is John Davis. I'm Chief Executive of the Commonwealth Parliamentary Association here in the UK. I'm very pleased to have with me uh, this afternoon, Sarah Champion MP. Sarah, thanks very much for joining us. My real pleasure, thank you. Thanks, Sarah. And Sarah, amongst many other things, you're chair of the International Development Committee, Select Committee in the in the House of Commons. And this afternoon, you've just been chairing, I think, the first ever session, virtual session, I should say, of the of the committee. Be great if you can share with us a little bit about how it went. Um, I, literally, I've I've come out of that meeting to come into this one, and. Uh, to be honest, the, the overriding thing is I feel physically exhausted. <laughs> um, I've been sat in the same chair for three hours now. Uh, so my shoulders are locked up. My brain's pretty frazzled. Um, it, it's quite an endurance, but also mentally, it, it's really quite challenging. Um, just things like, uh, so I've got the uh, two different panels of witnesses with three on the first uh, panel, two on the second, um, a committee of, I think there were eight committee members that were there. So coordinating all of their questions and answers virtually. Um, on top of that, having to listen and see if the question actually was answered and if it wasn't to then push the Secretary of State or the Minister to actually answer the question. Um, and then at the same time, I have my phone. Uh, so I've got the clerks uh, on here saying they've not answered. Push them more on that or so and so wants to come in on that supplementary. And then in addition to that, I've got a screen of um, everybody uh, on the committee. And if they want to come in, they're waving at me like this to try and get brought in. And then the other other layer is, of course, the technology. Um, I live in quite a remote part. Uh, my uh, signal is really poor. So you're concerned about that going. Um, and uh, also I've got a big clock just there. So I'm, I'm looking to, to keep everything to time. So it's, it's quite challenging, but it was the first one. Um, so I think it, it's a very, very steep learning curve for all of us. But I think it went very well. And I find... Um, you lose a, a little bit. So you almost lose the um, sort of the, the playfulness, if you like, sort of the banter that can go backwards and forwards with just a raised eyebrow. Um, you lose the, uh, the, the, the the quick response from the committee. So, you know, if I just look at a committee member, um, then they'll know to follow up uh, or, or to sort of hold back at that point. Um, but other than that, as a way to scrutinise government, it's working really well, I think. That's great to hear. When I've sort of been listening to it and watching it this afternoon as well at home as well, I have to say it, it seemed no offence, remarkably smooth actually in how in how it went, uh, and certainly yeah, answers to some quite meaty, serious questions around the future of our uh, development aid. Were there anything that surprised you about it this afternoon? Um, I mean, I have to say I was surprised, particularly with the Secretary of State. 
in um, how open she was with her answers and with the time that she gave to us. Um, you know, if ever a minister is really up against it, um, she is trying to orchestrate our international response to COVID-19. Um, so, you know, that's incredibly generous of her. Um, one of the concerns that's been a concern for about six months now is whether or not the government is going to integrate the Foreign Commonwealth Office and the Department of um, International Development. Um, for me, I, I strongly hope that they don't, because I think uh, to have that standalone uh, facility enables us to have um, a much more honest relationship with the countries we're supporting and uh, sort of uh, helps build trust so that there isn't an ulterior motive that's going on behind that. And also just to say the um, people in the international development team are such extraordinary specialists in this work that to um, have that diluted in any way would be a real loss to our country. And I think one of the things that I'm most proud of as a parliamentarian is our international aid. You know, I go out and see the massive difference that it makes. So I was I was reassured to a point that she really values the independence of that department. Um, however, um, you know, we're all political animals and reading between the lines, she was basically saying, well, it, it's up to number 10. It's up to the prime minister. So um, she didn't rule it out, which, of course, I would have liked to do to do. And it's interesting that you got, as you say, you you, um, you think you've got some some, some good answers uh, and quite a lot of time from from ministers there. Do you do you think that the fact you were doing this virtually changed the balance of I don't know time between ministers answering and officials answering, for example? Um, I, I don't really think it changed that way. I have a feeling, um, and I speak personally but also for the um, parliamentarians watching this, I think they'll understand. We love a new toy. Um, and and we love to be on telly and we love to speak. Uh, so I have a feeling as we go forward, uh, ministers might be a little more disciplined in how much time they give to us. Um, we're also all on lockdown, of course. So we've gone from, um, you know, when I was in Parliament, probably meeting I don't know hundreds of people on a daily basis mm -hmm. to uh, meeting my post worker. And that's it, basically. Mm -hmm. And that's from the other side of the fence. So so I, I think we, we sort of relish the, the opportunity to do that. I, I don't. I don't think the quality of the debate and scrutiny was limited. Um, where I'll be interested is uh, when I get to speak in the chamber in a debate, because they're very much, um, the, the quality of our work is enhanced by the interventions of others. And of course, we're not going to be able to have that. And I think it's very different um, sat in front of your computer reading a speech than it is personally delivering something and having a, a literal audience that's either um, you know grumbling of what you're saying or affirming what you're saying is going in the right way and that really I know with me personally that that tones uh, my delivery that the response that I'm immediately getting in the chamber so so I will I will be interested when I do get to speak in the chamber to see how that um, works going forward and I, I think it might lose something. That's interesting Sarah we've talked to other members uh, who already have said something of that uh, have had a, of that similar experience well perhaps we'll perhaps we'll try and find time with you again once you've been through that uh, particular version of this. In general for our parliament are there are there ways already you can see some of these new techniques that you hope will last beyond the current crisis? 
Um, I mean, personally, I think it's crazy the amount of time that uh, we spend traveling to get to Parliament. Um, as someone that gets travel sick, <laughs> three hours cooped up on a train um, is not time well spent. Um, I haven't found um, really any impact on um, the level of meetings that I can have. I can have them all virtually. Um, I think we very quickly all got into the discipline of how to make those meetings effective. Um, it, by sort of alleviating um, sort of the, the, the travel time, the going out, getting your lunch, coming back, um, I know my productivity has definitely gone up. Um, I'm, I'm not entirely sure that that's a good thing because it does mean you can almost work indefinitely yeah. um and so I, I am concerned uh sort of around uh workload capacity mental health impacts and that sort of thing so I, I I've personally been very disciplined about having a real structure to my day and that does involve you know breaking for lunch breaking for a coffee break uh going out for a walk that sort of thing just to sort of segment my day which would normally happen if you are in a work environment someone would come to your desk or yeah. or you'd walk to the next meeting um the thing which i'm i'm most interested about now is how voting works right. um because we still uh haven't got um rolled out a system of remote voting um and i i I've always been an advocate for um, proxy voting, which fortunately came in for um, those on maternity and paternity leave last year. Um, but I think for all of us to be voting remotely is going to be quite challenging. Um, and for two reasons. One, I'll be completely frank with you, uh, when a debate comes forward, uh, I don't know all the nuances of why the certain amendments have been put forward. I leave that up to my front bench who have done all of the work and all of the scrutiny and, and have been in touch with all of the organisations about that. So I trust my front bench. But I do like to be involved in the debate so that I can make my own opinions to, you know, make the ultimate decision of if I'm going um, I or no. Uh, and also that there is something about um, that that uh, opportunity, which I know MPs talk about, of meeting in person to have all of those quiet words. And, uh, you know, for example, uh, I, I know a lot of the, um, as a backbencher in opposition, a lot of the movement that I've got from ministers on issues that I'm trying to push are when I'm meeting them in the lobby uh, when we're voting um, and having that quiet word. So, so it'll be quite challenging for the reality of our business, not the public facing part of our business, um, how we can do that going forward if we carry on being on lockdown. Sarah, thanks. That's an interesting mix of seeing some of the advantages of of, uh, of of these virtual solutions and new ways of doing things, but also being careful what one might lose in uh, in, in rushing to to keep some of these apparent advantages. Mm -hmm. Sarah, thanks. It was interesting to to hear the Commonwealth come up briefly today. This, as you know, is it's part of the CPA's work is trying to find ways of sharing experiences between our our various parliaments, of, particularly at the moment. So, thanks for making time uh, today for that. It's much appreciated. And as I say, perhaps we'll uh, perhaps we'll come back and touch base with you again when uh, when you've when you've been through a few more of these new new parts of this new parliament. Well, that would be fabulous. I mean, I know um, personally being a member of CPA has really enriched uh, me. Um, both it's given me uh, examples of other practice which have really helped me, um, but also uh, just just to um, realise that you're sort of you're not alone. I mean, I know we.
we are literally an island. Um, but because of that, uh, it makes me want to reach out even more and engage with other parliamentarians who I know will be going through the exact same thing. So um, to, to, to that push and pull of learning is really, really important for me. So anything I can do going forward, just ask. Thanks, Sarah.